Good morning and welcome to Emmanuel Episcopal Church on this new year. We are so happy that you have joined us for worship this morning. Just a couple of announcements. Wednesday night on Zoom, we will have the Aspire program about Francis Perkins. I hope that you can join us for that. Also the following Tuesday, we have virtual trivia. There's still time to sign up. And on the, on the next night, on Wednesday, we will be discussing Bishop Curry's book, Love is the Way, on Zoom as well. So I hope you're able to participate in any or all of these activities. And now let us center ourselves for worship. Lord, open our lips, and our mouths shall proclaim your praise. You laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. Blessed are you, sovereign God, creator of heaven and earth. To you be praise and glory forever. As your living word, eternal in heaven, assume the frailty of our mortal flesh. May the light of your love be born in us to fill our hearts with joy as we sing. Blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Blessed be God forever. The night is past and the day lies open before us. Let us pray with one heart and mind as we rejoice in the gift of this new day. So may the light of your presence, O God, set our hearts on fire with love for you forever. Amen. Amen. Dear friends in Christ, here in the presence of Almighty God, let us kneel in silence and with penitent and obedient hearts. Confess our sins that we may obtain by forgiveness his infinite goodness and mercy. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us as we delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name forever and ever. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on you, forgive you all your sins through our Lord Jesus Christ, strengthen you in all goodness and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep you in eternal life. Amen. Lord, open our lips and our mouth shall proclaim your praise. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Alleluia. The psalm appointed for today is number 84. How dear to me is your dwelling, O Lord of hosts, my soul has a desire and a longing for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh rejoice in the living God. The sparrow has found her a house, and the swallow a nest where she may lay her young. By the side of your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Happy are they who dwell in your house, they will always be praising you. Happy are the people whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on the pilgrim's way. 
those who go through the desolate valley will find it a place of springs, for the early rains have covered it with pools of water. They will climb from height to height, and the God of gods will reveal himself in Zion. Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer. Hearken, O God of Jacob. Behold our defender, O God, and look upon the face of your anointed. For one day in your courts is better than a thousand in my own room. And to stand at the threshold of the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of the wicked. For the Lord God is both sun and shield. He will give grace and glory. No good thing will the Lord withhold from those who walk with integrity. O Lord of hosts, happy are they who put their trust in you, Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and shall be forever. Amen. Alleluia! To us a child is born. O come, let us adore him. Alleluia! A reading from the prophet Jeremiah. Thus says the Lord, Sing aloud with gladness for Jacob, and raise shouts for the chief of the nations. Proclaim, give praise, and say, Save, O Lord, your people, the remnant of Israel. See, I am going to bring them from the land of the north, and gather them from the farthest parts of the earth, among them the blind and the lame, those with child and those in labor, together. A great company, they shall return here. With weeping they shall come, and with consolations I will lead them back. I will let them walk by brooks of water and in a straight path in which they shall not stumble. For I have become a father to Israel, and Ephraim is my firstborn. Hear the word of the Lord, O nations, and declare it in the, co in the coastlands far away. Say, he who scattered Israel will gather him and will keep him as a shepherd a flock. For the Lord has ransomed Jacob and has redeemed him from hands too strong for him. They shall come and sing aloud on the height of Zion, and they shall be radiant over the goodness of the Lord, over the grain, the wine, and the oil, and over the young of the flock and the herd. Their life shall become like a watered garden, and they shall never languish again. Then shall the young women rejoice in the dance, and the young men and the old shall be merry. I will turn their mourning into joy. I will comfort them and give them gladness for sorrow. I will give the priests their fill of fatness, and my people shall be satisfied with my bounty, says the Lord. Here ends the lesson.
reading from the Gospel of Luke. The parents of Jesus went to Jerusalem every year for the festival of the Passover, and when he was 12 years old, they went up as usual for the festival. When the festival was ended and they started to return, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but his parents did not know it. Assuming that he was in the group of travelers, they went a day's journey. Then they started to look for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem to search for him. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them, and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astounded, and his mother said to him, Child, why have you treated us like this? Look, your father and I have been searching for you in great anxiety. He said to them, Why were you searching for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he said to them. Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was obedient to them. His mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in years and in divine and human favor. Here ends the lesson. What parent or pet owner hasn't felt that same terror when they are looking for their pet or their child and realizes that they can't find them? When Andrew was a little boy, about five years old, we had just moved back to Michigan. And he was, we lived in a cul-de-sac and he was riding his bike around. And every time he would come by, he would say hi to me. And I was busy weeding and it was growing dark. And suddenly I didn't hear his voice anymore. And I became very, very afraid. We didn't know anyone. We were brand new. And I kept calling Andrew, Andrew. And he, he said, he came back in a few minutes and he said, I'm here, I'm here. And later when we got in the house, he said to me, I knew that you were worried by the sound of your voice. Worried barely can encapsulate the terror that was in, clutching my heart. Of course, I had all kinds of horrible things thought in my mind at the time when I couldn't find him. Thankfully, he, was, he had found a new friend at the end of the cul-de-sac and was playing with him. So we can imagine and understand Mary and Joseph's terror. They've just been to the Passover celebrations at the temple in Jerusalem, and the city would have been heaving with people. And because they were traveling in a caravan, as was the norm for that time of, in history, they would have logically thought that Jesus was with one or the other parent. And suddenly, as they're walking out of town, there's just that little niggling sense of Mary thinking, hmm, I haven't seen Jesus lately. 
And she begins to ask the women that she's with, because women and children would have walked together. Jesus probably by this time, because he was 12, would have been with the men. So she drops back and finds Joseph in the caravan and asks the question, have you seen Jesus? And they take off back to Jerusalem because of course no one has seen him. And when they do find him, they do what all parents do out of fear. They start to get angry with him. And being 12 years old and not liking his mom and dad to be mad at him, he rolls his eyes and says, well, where in the world do you think I'd be? That he made it to 13 in a lot of ways is a, is a miracle in itself. Because I think most parents, if their child said that to them, would be furious with their fear. That their child could brush off their worries so blithely. But Mary treasures all of these things in her heart. And there's a couple of things that we need to think about in this passage. First of all, this is the last time we ever hear about Joseph. He doesn't appear anywhere else. He's not at the foot of the cross. He's just sort of a dot in human history, an important dot. But he just sort of leaves the scene and no one knows what happens to him. Also, the idea of for three days they searched. Three days makes us think of Jesus being hung on the cross, buried in a tomb, and being resurrected on Easter Sunday. You see, the Gospels are one long crucifixion story with a resurrection at the end. Every Gospel points to Jesus' death and resurrection. No gospel, even though they may have different ideas and different tellings of Jesus' resurrection, no gospel leaves that story out. No gospel leaves out the trial and the Last Supper. So therefore, we understand that the three days is very important to the telling of the story. And that Mary pondered all of these things in her heart. This is the second time, or the third time, excuse me, that she's had this happen to her when the angel Gabriel appears to her, when they're in the temple and Simeon comes up and says a, a sword will pierce your heart, and then today in this reading. So what do we make of all of these things? What is the lesson that we are to take away from this passage? First of all, this would have been Jesus going into adolescence. So in a way, he is declaring his adulthood. He is breaking away from his family, not so much physically as perhaps mentally and emotionally and spiritually. He's becoming more independent. And that's what we expect of our children as they grow up. Although it may be far too soon we, what we want for our children is for them to be independent and go out on their own. So Mary hears these things, ponders them in her heart, and perhaps at the foot of the cross, it all comes back to her. The angel, Simeon, Jesus in the temple. 
And as Soren Kierkegaard says, we live life forward, but we understand life backwards. That's one of my favorite phrases because so many times we have those epiphany moments where we think, ah, oh, it all makes sense to me now. Perhaps that's what Mary thought too at the foot of the cross. When Jesus looked down on her and the beloved disciple and said, woman, behold your son, son, behold your mother. It all became clear to her that Jesus was not going to be just her child, but he would be everyone's savior. Have you seen Jesus? That was the question I kept returning to over and over again as I prepared this sermon. Have you seen Jesus? We always think that we only see Jesus when he is ministering to the sick or teaching or being with the poor. But have you seen Jesus? If you only see that side of Jesus, you only see a one-sided Jesus. I see the Jesus that took a child on his lap, perhaps remembering what he had done to his own mom that day and his dad. I see a Jesus who's the life of the party and is at the head of the conga line at the wedding at Cana. I see Jesus feeding people. I see Jesus picking up the lost and the lonely. Jesus came to be a full-fleshed person, not just a one-sided helper for everyone. Jesus came to show us life, and he said that. I came to bring you life and to bring it to you abundantly. So have you seen Jesus? The next time you're at a party, which Lord knows we hope happens soon, look for Jesus. He's over by the punch bowl, joshing and joking with people. If you've seen Jesus, he's in the store looking for the melon and the apples and the bananas, asking uh, someone, is, is this the quality? What do you think of this? What if I did? Just being a person. Have you seen Jesus? And when you can say you've seen Jesus in all of those scenarios, in all those walks of life, then my friends, we really have seen Jesus and understand that he came to bring us life and so that we may have it abundantly. Amen.
Please join with me in the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. To us a child is born, to us a son is given. Let us pray for the people he came to save. Wonderful Counselor, you order all things with your wisdom. Help the Church to reveal the mystery of your love and fill her with the spirit of truth. Hear our prayer. Mighty God, the government is on your shoulders. Guide the leaders of the nations and bring in your kingdom of justice and righteousness. Hear our prayer. Everlasting Father, you call to us to live together in unity. Protect by your mercy all your children. Bless our families and renew our communities. And for those celebrating birthdays and anniversaries, hear our prayer. Prince of Peace, you bring reconciliation through the cross. By your healing power, give to all who suffer your gift of wholeness and peace. For those who are sick, Dorothy, Ellen, Kristen, Margaret, Marianne, Matt, Nick, Owen, Patrick, Rich, Russell and family, Sam, Scott, Sean, Tammy, and for our families, friends, and neighbors, and those who are alone, hear our prayer. Let us commend the world to which Christ came, to the mercy and protection of God. Amen. O God, who wonderfully created and yet more wonderfully restored the dignity of human nature, grant that we may share the divine life of him who humbled himself to share our humanity, your Son, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Thanks be to you, Lord Jesus Christ, for all the benefits you have given me, for all the pains and insults you have borne for me. Since I cannot now receive you sacramentally, I ask you to come spiritually into my heart. O most merciful Redeemer, friend, and brother, may I know you more clearly, love you more dearly, and follow you more nearly, day by day. Amen. And now let us gather up all our prayers, concerns, and intentions, and pray as our Savior has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. May God, who has called us out of darkness and into his marvelous light, bless us and fill us with his peace. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you all this day and forevermore. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God.